you know, a lot of people are looking from the outside in and, and seeing how depressed uh, the market has become. You know, I, I think, uh, I believe that the market will bounce back much faster than a lot of people expect. And, uh, you know, it's going to be perhaps a surprising to many. Hello, and welcome to Sink or Swim, a weekly podcast brought to you by RentSync, where we take a deep dive into the prop tech, multifamily, and rental housing industry. In each episode, we uncover the technologies and strategies used to help overcome operational challenges and increase the value of your multifamily investments. So let's get into our conversation today. Welcome back to Sink or Swim. I'm Mitch Fanning with RentSync. And joining me today is Sean Hildebrand, president of Urbanation. And for those of you who might live under a rock, that Urbanation is a Toronto-based real estate consulting firm that provides research, market, and analysis and consulting services to the apartment industry. Sean, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm, I'm really excited to have you. What's interesting is Urbanation, of course, provides really premium data and insights and trends to the apartment industry to really help decision makers make better decisions. And in some respects, I would like to think that this podcast shares that in common with uh, with urbanation so i'm really glad that you we can kind of you can get on the podcast and we can talk about that stuff but before we do maybe you can do that intro some justice by maybe expanding on it and telling us a little bit more about yourself and urbanation and maybe specifically how you got started in the apartment industry Sure. So I guess I got my start analyzing the apartment market probably around 2008 or so. I had been previously working in economic analysis before then, but around that time I joined Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation and I was responsible for leading the research for the greater Toronto area. So a lot of analysis, obviously, with respect to the condo market, the ownership market, and the rental market as well. And I can tell you that the, the, the rental market report that CMHC puts out, it's most highly downloaded report and the GTA report in particular. So there was so, always so much attention to the rental side of our, of our analysis that I got really interested in that side of the market. And I was involved in a lot of different special research projects during my time with CMHC. And then around 2013, an opportunity came up for me to run Urbanation. And as a CMHC employee, I did have access to Urbanation. I was a big fan of Urbanation. And so it was, it was a good move, I think, uh, obviously, over the last number of years being there. And since joining Urbanation about eight years ago now, we've really expanded our, our, our research into the rental market. The, the firm is primarily known for tracking new condominium apartment projects, which we still do. And it's still a very, very large part of our, of our research and our business. But over the last number of years, we've taken a number of steps to expand our coverage of the rental market. And we we track the rental market in the greater Toronto and Hamilton area through monitoring lease transactions that happen within the condominium sector. So these would be, you know, mom and pop individual investors in most cases that are renting out their units. So we track that lease activity, monitoring such metrics such as average rents, rents per square foot. And we can drill down into a unit level basis, look at trends across different submarkets and projects. And then another big part of our business is doing market feasibility studies for developers. And not long after I joined Urbanation, we started to notice a pretty big shift in the requests for studies coming across our desk. 
Now, they, they used to be mostly condominium studies. And then increasingly, we started to see attention starting to shift for the first time in probably decades towards building new purpose-built rentals. And a lot of the new business that was coming in was, was looking at the condominium sector from the, from the angle of seeing what, what the achievable rent levels could be for a potential new rental project. And at that time, there was very few rental buildings that had been completed in the GTA over the last 10 to 15 years probably count them on my hand at that time. So we said, okay, look, this is an emerging opportunity. Let's start to track and collect data for all of the new rental projects that are in the supply pipeline. And over the last several number of years, we've been building up a very strong database of all new purpose-built rental apartment projects across the region. And within those buildings, we're surveying building managers and property owners for information such as vacancy rates, rents, rents per square foot, in the same sort of way that we that we track the condo rental market. So having that database where we're looking at you know the, the majority of new rental stock, which is in effect within the condo sector, as well as this emerging new product type of purpose-built rentals, which again has been almost absent from the market for the last 20, 30 years, we're able to give our clients, which are primarily developers and lenders, a lens into what the market looks like for brand new, higher quality rental product across the GTA. And that's, again, that, that's something that we, we leverage for our, our quarterly market reports, as well as our consulting studies that we're, that we're commissioned to do on, on behalf of developers. So that's kind of where we are right now. We've been expanding geographically as well. As I mentioned, we, we started out in Toronto. Now we're covering the whole GTA HA, including Hamilton, Grimsby. We're starting to do a lot more work in areas surrounding the GTA HA, like St. Catharines, Niagara, Kitchener, Waterloo, Guelph, Simcoe County, and a ton of work and, and expansion underway into the Ottawa market, which has been receiving a lot of attention from developers from a purpose-built rental angle. So a lot of exciting things going on in Urbanation. And yeah, like I said, rental has been a big part of that. Yeah, that was a great overview. And I'm dying actually to get into or drill into the purpose-built rental conversation. I've got that kind of parked towards the end of the this discussion. So I appreciate you, you giving us a bit of a teaser. But before we kind of talk about that or even 2021, you know, obviously, you know, given your background, you know, I, I, I need to kind of get your thoughts on, you know, the year we just kind of went through uh, 2020. Now, obviously, COVID affected a lot of businesses and people and, and the rental markets in general. But it just, just as a macro view, like what was your kind of biggest takeaways from 2020, you know, when it came to, you know, the, the rental market, it could be purpose-built rentals or even the condo market in general. Well, I think given the circumstances, you know, a pandemic, which had a severe impact on employment, immigration, the student population, you know, people not being in the office, working from home. You know, I, I think what happened to the rental market makes kind of sense when you think about, you know, what sort of kind of disruption the pandemic had on the marketplace. So, you know, when we were all sort of in lockdown in, in early March, you know, we knew that the market was headed for some softness, right? We knew that these demand drivers were, were going to slow. And at the same time, we knew that there was going to be more supply entering the market, both from tenants that, you know, couldn't afford their rent anymore or couldn't afford to stay in their current unit for whatever reason. And as well, all the new condos that were under construction that were scheduled for completion in 2020. So we were, we were expecting around a 5% decline in rents. So what happened was that the decline in rents, specifically within the condo market, which was much steeper. By the end of the year, rents in the GTA condo market were down by about 13% year over year. When you averaged out the whole of 2020, condo rents were down by about 6 7%. So the decline was steeper, I suppose, than what we had originally 
they forecasted. And I think that the biggest surprise coming out of 2020 was just how much turnover there was in the condo rental market. Like usually you'd see maybe 20, 25, upwards of 30,000 units turnover in a given year. Last year, we saw close to 50,000 units turnover. Like that was such an abnormal level of, of, of activity within the condo rental market. So you had this sort of perfect storm of, of supply entering the market at the same time that demand, you know, it just wasn't there to, to, to fill all that, that new supply. So as a result, rents came down. In the purpose-built market, Vacancy rates obviously increased. CMHC reported as such, and, and so have we. In our survey, we tracked newer buildings completed since 2005. And what we found was that the average vacancy rate within that you know relatively newer stock of, of rental product across the GTA increased to about 4.6%. Prior to that, you know, we were looking at vacancy rates at around 1%. And they had been at 1% for you know a, a yeah. decade at least. So it, it resulted in a pretty dramatic shift in, in what we've become used to seeing in the rental market. Both in terms of consistent growth in condo rents, as well as very low levels of purpose-built rental vacancy. So we're, you know, we're obviously entering into 2021 with a pretty weak handoff. Vacancy rates, as I mentioned, are pretty elevated. When you look at rents within the purpose-built market, the product type that we're tracking is, is seeing some decline as well. But Behind that decline in rents is also a large number of incentives, which I'm sure you've, you've been tracking yourself and talking about on yep. this podcast as well. You know, it's it's commonplace now in the purpose-built rental market to see at least one month free being offered for new tenants. And a Correct. lot of cases now we're starting to see two months free. So there's, there's quite a bit of weakness there, but I will say the end of 2020 and beginning of 2021 has seen some improvement. Now we've been tracking absorption levels within condo rentals as well as, as within new rental projects. And we have seen increased activity happening. And when we reported our January results for the condo rental market, what we found was that rents for the first time since the pandemic started actually began to stabilize, meaning that on a month-to-month basis, they didn't change. And it seems like we're, we're seeing a bottom in the market at an average monthly rent level of about $2,000 a month. That seems to be kind of where the floor is right now for the, for the market. And a lot of demand is filtering in now because I think a lot of renters are realizing that you know, rents are at their lowest level in probably three or four years, in some cases, even even longer than that. And, you know, they've been priced out of the market for so long. Maybe they had a roommate, maybe they've been living at home with their parents or living in, I don't know, a, you know, a basement apartment or something like that. And this is their chance to move up into the rental market and, and be able to actually afford their rents for the first time. So a lot of people taking advantage of those discounts, and this is driving a lot of absorption. So even though we, we're still dealing with a lot of supply in the market, the important thing is that the absorption rates now are starting to grow faster. And I think, you know, what we can expect over the course of 2021 is that, you know, all of the excess supply that's on the market will eventually wind down and, you know, we'll start to eventually see rents begin to rise again. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss an episode by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now let's get back to the show. Wow. So there's a lot to dig into there. And, I, and I'm and i going to definitely go off script and pick some of these data points that you've suggested. So one of the things I took from that is, and I think I remember correctly you saying in another podcast, and this was in June, that about comes to supply, you were seeing about 15% of the supply being from the short-term rental kind of markets. So one, are you guys still seeing that or is it kind of, you know, where is that in terms of the percentage of the overall supply chain? 
Yeah, it's it's a great question. And, you know, there, there's no absolute data on, you know, how many Airbnb units have now converted into long-term condo rentals, unfortunately. One proxy way of measuring it is to look at the number of uh, units that are now being offered on a 12-month lease basis that are furnished with the connection that these units were probably previously operated as a short-term rental that was furnished. So now that they're not being operated as a short-term rental, they're now entering into the long-term rental pool. So that, that's kind of one way of at least estimating what the impact may be. And what we found was that furnished long-term condo rentals represented, as you said, so somewhere in the range of around 12 to 15% of the market. In terms of the supply growth last year, they represented a higher share, so around 20%, but you know, they weren't the dominant factor for all of the rentals that were on the market last year. And I think that's a, a misconception in, in the market that the reason why we have rents falling and an excess supply of units is because Airbnb caused it. And you know, it, it's not an insignificant factor, but it's not the dominant factor. Really, the dominant factor for all of the supply on the market is simply people turning over their units. They're no longer able to afford higher-end rental units, which like we can admit is, is really represented by the condo market and the newer purpose-built rental market, right? This is really the newer, higher-quality stock of rentals in the city. And if you've lost your job or you no longer need to be right downtown paying, you know, $2,500 or $3,000 a month in rent, you know, you're not going to do it. And as a result, we saw a lot of people make that decision to either vacate the city or move to a cheaper unit, move back home with their parents, get a roommate, whatever the case may be. They were looking to save on costs and it wasn't necessarily the Airbnb story. Now, if you drill into certain neighborhoods, certain buildings, yes. You know, the, the movement of short-term rental units into the long-term rental pool was much more evident and a bigger factor. But when you sort of look at it for the, the broader market, it wasn't the biggest factor and it. it wasn't as significant as I think a lot of people thought it would be. Yeah. And that's kind of where I was going is what was that real big driver for a decrease in rents? And to kind of just shift gears for a second, you know, and going into even 2021, you know, you guys have put out a report or it was just an article that stated there was that shift from the, the 416 to the 905 area code as far as the condo market was concerned. But what really struck me was there was that big demand for affordability, even in the 905 areas in terms of smaller unit sizes. And we're also seeing that shift when it comes to rental demand. We track that stuff and we're seeing that huge shift from rental demand from primary to secondary markets, that whole migration. So you've kind of answered that question essentially, but you know, you're seeing the same things, but you know, do you think this trend will continue? Do you think people will still, do you think there's been a shift in kind of mindset around, you know what, we don't necessarily need that kind of class A or that bigger space. We can kind of, we can afford to live on, you know, in, in smaller places. Like what are your thoughts in general? Yeah, I think the pandemic's going to have some lasting impacts and, you know, it, it may take some time to play out, but certainly one of them will be, you know, people perhaps not desiring as much as they did pre-pandemic to live right downtown in a small condo unit, right? There may be more demand shifting towards suburban locations at lower price points, as you just mentioned. And, you know, when you look at sort of the surrounding area of the, of the city of Toronto in, this, in, in, in the 905 region of the GTA, it wasn't really as impacted by the, by the downtown market, as much as the downtown markets, I'd say. You know, rents, the rent decline last year was really concentrated in the downtown core market. And this was a combination, obviously, of, of a reduction in demand because people didn't need to be downtown. And, you know, there was a point where I think where, where renters were starting to evaluate what the premium attached to living downtown really is when you don't need to be downtown. And 
One of the interesting things we found in our data was that the premium for downtown Toronto condo rentals shrunk to 15% from 30% before. So it was cut in half effectively over the course of, of 2020. And, you know, that, that's, that's an abnormal shift. And to suggest that it's going to remain at that premium is probably unrealistic. However, to also expect that it's going to suddenly bounce back to what it was previously is also probably unrealistic. So I, I think we'll probably end up somewhere in the middle. But I think, you know, one of the important things about the 905 region is that it is vastly undersupplied of rental properties, right? When we look at the downtown market, you know, not only was there an impact on demand, but there was a huge impact on supply, not just from people vacating their units, but there was a record number of condos completed last year in downtown Toronto, right? This was just unfortunate timing because it happened at the same time as the pandemic, but there were over, there were over 20,000 units completed in the condo market. And as we know, investors, pre-sale investors represent the majority of buyers downtown. So when these units get completed, you see that more than half of a building gets listed for rent. And since the goal for the rental investors to have the unit leased as fast as possible because they need to cover their mortgage payments and, and, and all of their expenses. They quickly drop rents. And since they're competing amongst each other, in a lot of cases for the same size unit, same rent level, they quickly drop their rents to have their unit leased as fast as possible. So I think partly the drop in rents downtown within the condo market was a little bit exaggerated by that fact. And I, and, and, and I don't think it was necessarily something that we saw across the board and, and certainly not something that we saw outside of the downtown region and in the 905. In the 905 market, rents, they did decline a little bit, but not anywhere near the decline in the downtown market. And I think that speaks to obviously a shift in demand into these more suburban locations. But I think just as importantly, or perhaps even more importantly, is just how vastly undersupplied those markets are, right? Like almost all of the new rental supply in the 905 comes from the limited number of condos that are used as rentals in those markets. Now, there's certain pockets of the 905. We see a lot of condo rentals like Mississauga City Center, some areas of Scarborough Town Center and increasingly in Vaughan Metropolitan Center. But, you know, once you start to move outside of those, those city center areas in the 905, there's almost no new rental supply and very little existing purpose-built rental stock, right? There was almost no rental stock built in those areas. So when you have that demand shifting into the suburban locations and, and virtually no supply, it has the impact of keeping vacancy rates extremely low. And, and, you know, we saw this in the CMHC data and within our data, what we found was that in the city of Toronto, vacancy rates increased close to 6% in the downtown market. And in the 905, they were 2%. So I think, you know, a lot of opportunity here for the 905, just given how undersupplied they are and how undersupplied they'll continue to be. And that shift in demand that speaks to increasing opportunities, I think, for, for rental development and probably higher rents down the road. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, you know, in a way, the 905 was an opportunity, but it took almost covid to push that opportunity forward in uh, in record time. You know, when we switch gears and kind of focus in more on the rental markets and the urban markets, you know, obviously you'd mentioned a couple of things that, you know, Toronto vacancy rates are at all time highs around almost 6% versus the sub two. You mentioned though also that you, you're kind of seeing that bottom, you know, the rental rates almost bottom out essentially that 2000, again, that's probably just average. But, you know, I guess the, the million dollar question, and you kind of alluded to it already, is do you think we'll see that sub 2% vacancy rate again? Or like you had kind of mentioned, we're going to meet somewhere in the middle. Kind of, is this the new normal? 
Oh, for sure. We'll be back to, to sub 2% vacancy rates, I think, within the next five years. So we've been doing a lot of high-level macro analysis when it comes to projecting rental demand and rental supply across the province, but also specifically within the city of Toronto. And you know, when we look at sort of normalized demand factors, such as you know immigration, population growth within the prime renter cohort, typically between the ages of, of 20 and 34, homeownership affordability, employment growth, unemployment rates that are sort of you know, what we were seeing pre-pandemic and what we're expected to eventually return to once we get on the other side of the health crisis. And you look at those demand factors and relate them to how much rental supply is actually being delivered and how much rental supply is in the pipeline and is going to be delivered in the next number of years. And it's very clear when you look at these numbers and you do the math that we're going to be underbuilding by a significant number of units, at least for the next 10 years, right? So when we make our projections for the province, we're looking at, you know, upwards of 20,000 units a year. In the GTA, you know, 10,000 units a year. GTA is about half the province when it comes to rental demand and supply. So that, that's a big gap, you know, to have to fill. Now, it, it may not feel like we're underbuilding rental right now, but it's because we're in a pandemic and, you know, things will begin to normalize. And once they do, what we'll find is that those conditions that were in place before the pandemic will reemerge. Now, I think because of the pandemic, we're going to have we're gonna have to rethink, you know, where that supply needs to be directed because there has been a change in demand. And, you know, it, it's not necessarily the case that we need an extra 10,000 units a year of purpose-built rental supply right downtown that's priced at 3,000 or $4,000 a month, right? That, that, that might not be the case, probably isn't the case. What we need to see is more diversified supply coming in across the 905 region. And part of this exercise that we did with projecting demand and supply was to look at opportunities for rental developers to bring in more supply in more affordable markets, such as those in the 905. And what we found was that there was a substantial opportunity for infill sites, you know, the so-called towers in the park that were built in the 60s and 70s with a lot of excess land that could be intensified. And, you know, with the right incentives, these landowners who essentially have a zero land cost because they already own the land could intensify the sites. All right. So switching gears for a second, you know, we're, let's let's talk really about the purpose built rental market. And, you know, we're, we're seeing, even though we'll come back to that, you know, you know, we'll get to that normalization around that 2% mark. In a way, purpose-built rental market seemed pretty stable and even is poised for growth. You know, what are your thoughts on that? Do you agree, disagree? I think the purpose-built rental market is poised for growth. I think it's going to take a little bit of time, but, you know, things will begin to normalize as, you know, the fundamentals, I think, will begin to normalize. I think, that, you know, the issue is that the fundamentals have been impacted by a health crisis and, and the timing and evolution of the, of the health crisis is obviously difficult to, to, to predict. Now, we, we have information and knowledge that mass vaccination will happen by around the fall of this year. And you would, you know, reasonably expect that things would start to at least begin to normalize after that. You know, we'll start to see immigration begin to improve. People go back to the office, students go back to in-class learning. And so I think at that point, you know, you'll you'll begin to see demand strengthen and vacancy rates begin to come down and, and rents start to rise again. The timing obviously is, is subject to change because we're dealing with obviously a, a pandemic that, that continues to evolve. But I think that's that's the sort of the, the current line of thinking. Now, bigger picture, longer term, you know, the, the trends that were in place pre-COVID are expected to re-emerge. And, you know, I think before long we'll we'll start to see vacancy rates back down, you know, to 2% or less and rents beginning to grow again. Now it, it could take some time. It's hard to say, but the GTA has been averaging less than, you know, one and a half percent vacancy rate for, for most of the past 20 years. 
and over the last 10 years, averaging rent inflation of around four to five percent. So, you know, if you sort of subscribe to the notion that, you know, the, the market fundamentals pre-COVID will return at some point, then I think it's sort of easy to make that connection that eventually we'll start to see some of those conditions come back in place. And as I was saying, you know, the, the, the big supply gap is really the story for the market. You know, we've been underbuilding rental properties in the GTA for so long that, you know, that fundamental undersupply is still going to be with us for the foreseeable future. And I think what we'll see coming out of the pandemic is that housing affordability has eroded significantly, right? So even though interest rates have, have dropped back down to record lows, we're looking at double digit price growth yeah. really in most cities across Canada. And as this is happening, you know, it's going to be tougher and tougher for first time buyers to get into the market. And I think this is really the issue here is that the pandemic, I think, is creating a, a big gap between those that have housing in terms of ownership housing and those that that don't. And I think I think as a result, you'll see a lot of demand coming into the rental market at the expense of the ownership market down the road because of this big affordability issue for for first-time buyers. And that'll be a key driver as, as you know, as well as the, the rebound in immigration. The government has been very vocal about raising immigration targets over the next several years in order to make up for the loss that we saw in 2020. So, you know, it's just a matter of time, but I think, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely begin, begin to see some of those conditions come back in within the next, probably not the next year or so, but, you know, a couple of years, three years down the road, I wouldn't be surprised to see us back in the same spot that we were in. Perfect. So usually my in my, my last question was, you know, what trends do you expect to see moving forward? And I think you've answered it quite nicely. So we'll really just jump right into, you know, what I would consider my favorite part is, is the quick fire round. So the quick fire round is really, you know, I'll ask you a question and you'll have about 60 seconds or less to, to answer. So Sean, are you ready? Yep. All right. So question number one, who should I have on this podcast? You should have one of the number of new innovative rental developers that are that are in, in the GTA. There's a lot of them that have units that are you know reaching occupancy or those that are under construction or those that are in planning. Uh, there's so many that you can choose from now, way more than there was just a few years ago. And I'd, I'd be happy to make introductions if you're interested. Perfect. So question two, what's one thing you wish your phone could do? Disappear every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> Yeah, you and me both. That thing is it's hard it's hard to lose. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question 3. What, you know, given COVID perhaps, what's one thing you've changed your mind about lately? I guess the trajectory of the ownership market. I, I think I think the rental market behaved as you would expect during a recession, but the ownership market moved in the complete opposite direction. And I think what I changed my mind about was just how much of a factor low interest rates can have on the market in the middle of a pandemic or, or any sort of major disruption, such as a, you know, a big recession or anything like that. And how, how resilient ownership demand can be in the face of all of this uncertainty. I don't think anybody expected the market in terms of housing sales and, and price appreciation to perform as it did. And just to see how widespread that was across the country. And obviously, particularly here in the GTA, the numbers that we're seeing come out for early 2020, I certainly didn't expect it. And I would say that's one thing that I've had to change my mind about is just, you know, what the outlook for the market will be this year in terms of housing sales and price appreciation. But again, that, that feeds back into higher levels of rental demand down the road, because we know that there is a feedback loop there. Absolutely. Question four, artificial intelligence fills you with hope or dread? Pick one. Well, I suppose I don't know enough about it. So in my ignorance, I'll say hope. Okay. Last question before we close off. What do you believe that others might disbelieve? What do I believe that others might disbelieve? 
Yes. Well, I think it's a lot of it is what we talked about with with just how quickly I think the rental market might bounce back. I think you know a lot of people are looking from the outside in and, and seeing how depressed the market has become. And you know, I, I think I believe that the market will bounce back much faster than a lot of people expect. And you know, it's going to be perhaps a surprising to many. Perfect. All right. Last question is really where can people find you on the interwebs? Well, they can go to urbanation.ca and quickly see all the different things that Urbanation does. You can find probably my contact information on, on the website and follow us on Twitter. We're pretty active on Twitter and it's probably the easiest. Perfect. All right. Well, that's it for another episode. Sean, thanks so much for doing this. And until next time, keep swimming. You've reached the end of another episode of Sink or Swim. Make sure to visit us at rensink.com forward slash podcast to access show notes, key takeaways, and where you can sign up to our newsletter to receive free bonus content. If you found value in the show, please also remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Thanks for listening.